now had the opportunity of a lifetime to get to play and experience life as a professional athlete, to get paid what he, to do what he loved to do for the rest of his professional life. And on that monumental day in history, Jay Berwanger, the very first player drafted in the NFL, declined the opportunity to play. But not just Jay found himself in that group that day. Out of the 81 players who were drafted on February 8th, 1936, only 24 players actually went on to play football for the NFL. And we sit here today and scratch our heads and wonder what in the world was this guy thinking? How could the opportunity of a lifetime be passed up as if it were nothing at all? We find ourselves today gathered as the church, followers of Jesus Christ. And I wonder if many of us have something in common with Jay Perwanger and the others who did not set foot on that football field for which they had been created and gifted and drafted to play. This morning, I'd like to talk to you on the topic of something that some of you will register as familiar. The title of this morning's message, if you're taking notes, is called Living Sent. Living Sent. If, you're, if you've been at Shannon Oaks Church for a few years, you know, you remember this phrase, you understand what it means, but for someone who has found themselves recently through our doors, maybe this is a new concept to you. And for you this morning, and for those who may be a little forgetful, I want to remind you what we have said, living scent encompasses as an idea and a concept for the church here in 2018. Living scent is a beautiful collision that God has put together of the passages we see in John chapter 10, verse 10, and John chapter 20, verse 21, where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. And then Jesus, the resurrected Christ, looks at his disciples in the upper room and he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus says, I have come so that you may live sent. And so living sent for Shannon Oaks Church today simply means this, to live the abundant life in Christ wherever God sends us. If you hear me this morning, say wherever. Wherever God sends us. Matthew chapter 10 has a beautiful passage that we need to spend some time refocusing on together this morning Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, it says this. Jesus called his church staff together. Oh, your, your version doesn't say the church staff? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was reading the, the modern church translation. Uh, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. 
And here are the names of the 12 apostles. Anybody know the names of the 12 apostles without cheating and looking on the screen? Here we go. First, Simon, also called Peter. Then Andrew, Peter's brother. James, son of Zebedee. John, James's brother. Philip, Bartholomew. Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. And Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. And Jesus continues to give instructions to his disciples that he had just commissioned. But for the sake of this morning's conversation and refocusing on the idea of living sent, I want to focus on those first five verses in Matthew chapter 10 together because there is a reality that we must address together this morning that God does three things here. There are are some actions of God that we want to observe together today to see how God moves and operates among his people, those he calls his own. God does three things here. The first one that I want you to take notes on this morning is God calls. The very first thing we see in Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus gathers his disciples, he calls them. And scripture goes on to say that these are their names. And I suspect as Jesus called them together, what scripture is implying here is Jesus called them by name. That's a consistent pattern we see through Scripture. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 says, I have called you by name or I have summoned you by name. And this morning I want to tell you that when God calls your name, it's a little more than just a means of identification. When God calls your name, there's a purpose woven in his calling. And I want to tell you this morning, Shannon Oaks Church, that Jesus has called your name. He has woven a purpose into your calling. Many of us in the church today sit back and wonder if God has called us. Matthew chapter 10 says Jesus called his disciples. He didn't call his missionaries. He didn't call his church staff. He didn't call the elders who had proven themselves through many years of of labor and service to others. He calls his disciples. And throughout scripture, when God calls someone by name, he calls them because there is a special purpose implied in it. When Jesus refers to someone by name in Scripture, there is a specific purpose that is about to be referenced. It's about to be registered. Even when when the Lord calls Pharaoh way back in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh served a purpose that played hand in hand into God's plan for his chosen people. But there's more than that. When God calls your name, there's an, there's an emphasis on God's calling of one into the presence of another. Jesus calls your name not as a label or identifier, but he calls you because he beckons you. He wants to spend time 
with you. He wants your presence in his. It's an invitation. That's the first thing we see in Matthew chapter 10 is that God calls. The second thing is God gifts. God gifts. I'll never forget the first time that our we had a child. And just before this child was born, we experienced the greatest gift from God to first-time parents. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The baby shower. Yeah. I grew up and I saw my parents engage in baby showers. I had no idea what a baby shower was until I was the one being showered as a parent. I'll never forget the shower of gifts that we received as first-time parents. Diapers and wipes and rags and blankets and clothes and pacifiers. Now, that seems pretty silly for a 30-year-old guy to get excited about baby gifts, right? But I want to ask you a question. Who were those gifts for? Were those gifts for the baby? Of course they were. Were those gifts for the parents? You better believe it. Were those gifts for the general public? Let me ask you, how many of you have been grateful for the pacifiers that my kids have had along the way? Were those gifts for future friends and companions that they would have? Yeah. Were those gifts for generations to come? Absolutely. I'll never forget the first time we experienced the blessing of a baby shower. God gifts his children with things that they need for who and what they are expected to experience along the way. God gives his children what they need. That's the second thing that God does in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And the last thing this morning that we see that God does is God sins. God sins. He calls his disciples, he gifts them with what they need for the journey ahead, and then he sends them out. When the, when the rubber hits the road, guess what? There is friction. How many in the house this morning love friction? Ha! Ha! Uh, some of you love friction so much that when you experience it, you turn to somebody else and call for help. Right? Friction. The rubbing that causes heat, that causes pain. Or let me say it this way. Where the rubber meets the road, there's a war that takes place. One force pushing against another in the way that propels one of them forward. Who's it going to be? When God sends his children, you can believe there's a battle that's coming. The battle of light versus darkness, the battle of truth against lie, the battle of eternal versus temporary. When God sends his children, there's a battle. Look at what he, sent, what, he, what he sends his disciples into. He sends them out to cast out evil spirits and to heal every sickness and disease. Now, how many of us, if we were the disciples, would get charged up and ready to roar when God sends us out knowing that we're here on earth to do what God can do himself, but he's gifted us to do it. 
how many of us would get charged and amped up about something like that? Or how many of us would, would, would sit back and the only thing we would hear about that commission is evil spirits, sickness, and d- disease? Uh, Jesus, don't you, don't you have somebody else to send out? Can't I just sit back and watch? I'm not sure I'm ready for this. If God calls his children, you can believe that he's invited your presence into his, that he has gifted you with what you and others need for the journey ahead, and he has released you to accomplish his purposes wherever you go. Living scent is a charge that the church must receive from the Lord today. Because if we're not careful, we can become a church who is so wrapped up and all focused on living the abundant life in Christ, soaking it up for ourselves so that we receive all the blessings that God has secured for us in the eternal realms through Christ Jesus, that we get focused on us instead of the journey before us. Or if we're not careful, we can end up on the other side being so consumed with being that church who, who, who tirelessly goes and, and, and sends others out into the world, completely missing out on the reality of life abundant for which Jesus has come. You see, somewhere in the middle is what Jesus has called us to and called us for and has promised to see us through. There are three parts of life for God's children. Calling, gifting, and sending. Calling, gifting, and sending. If you hear me this morning say calling, Gifting, sending. It, and it's ideal. That's what you and I spend so much time looking for is that ideal set of circumstances or a scenario that, that finds itself just prime, ready, and waiting for us to jump into, right? So many of us have, have sat on the sideline waiting for that ideal scenario. Can I ask you something this morning? How many of you live in the real world? How many of you live in the perfect world? Wait, you can't all keep your hands down for two questions, right? It's either one or the other. How many of you live in the real world? And how many of you live in the perfect world? (laughs) I'm moving in, Sarge. Get ready, brother. Or some of us sit back and we wait for that, that, that perfect orchestration of, of facts and, 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 and uh, necessary circumstances to unfold before we can step forward. We're looking for that thing in theory to actually transpire, right? That thing that, that makes sense logistically, we're waiting for it to transpire for us. And so we sit back waiting for that theoretical thing to become a reality thing. But here's what I know. The church today is high-centered. The church today is paralyzed 
The church today is eternally sidelined, waiting for one of those two scenarios to come to pass before we step out onto the field. And in effect, you and I have joined Jay Berwanger in denying the draft into the National Football League. Jesus has looked at us and through his life has deemed us acceptable and perfect in every way and said, I was good enough for you. Now, go and do what I've created you to do. If it's not personal, it'll never become applicable. If it never has relevant connections to your life, it'll never affect anybody else's. It's got to be realistic. It's yours this morning. The invitation to live sent is yours. So let's look at all those things that God does in Matthew chapter 10, those three things, gifting, calling, and sending, and let's reframe those so that it's personal, so that it's applicable, so that it's real for you. Let's start with the the first one. I want to say it this morning, and I want to ask you guys to say it with me. I am called. Say it with me. I am called. Now we're getting somewhere. When we begin to resonate with the reality that God has set before us, this identity for which we have been created, we begin to see those things that are true inside of us express themselves in and through our lives. John chapter 10 verse 27 says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus has called us by name. That's why you're here. That's why you gather with the church is because Jesus has called you. But we're quick to acknowledge that, but, but we're not so confident that Jesus has called us beyond here, right? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. They listen to me. I love them, and wherever I go, they follow. So what that says for us who are called this morning is that Jesus loves us, he knows us, and he invites us into his presence. The next one is this, I am gifted. Say that with me, church. I am gifted. Yeah, I'm starting to feel a shift in here this morning, Israel. I'm starting to feel a shift. We acknowledge that we're called. We're not sitting here pointing at someone else saying they're called. We're acknowledging that we're gifted. What God's word says is true. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says this. God has given each of you, each of you, each of you, each of you, each of you. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Aren't you grateful for variety? Use them well to serve one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us, each one of us, so we can help each other. 
Can I tell you this morning, church, that there is something that you have received because God has gifted you so that you can help someone else in the journey that's before you? God has gifted you not only with what you need, but what is necessary for others around you as you go. I am gifted. And the last one this morning is I am sent. Say that with me this morning, church. I am sent. John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, this is the resurrected Jesus Christ meeting with his followers, his children, his disciples in the upper room. And he looks at them and he says to them, as the Father has sent me. In every way that the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. I am sending you. It's time for the rubber to hit the road. It's time for that battle to be engaged. It's time for you to experience the destiny for which you have been created. God is not waiting to send you, Shannon Oaks Church. He has already sent you right here in 2018 in Sulphur Springs, Texas. God has sent you where he has intended to use you the most. I mean, stop and think about it for a second. How silly is it, is it for us to, to contemplate the possibility that almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God has to wait for birth placement to get reconciled by his children hearing through faith where God has called them to go so that they can uproot where they have spent the majority of their life and go where God wants to send them. No. If God is who he says he is, and if he is who we believe him to be, then God, through his eternal wisdom and knowledge and divine order, has planted you and placed you in the time and the place and the space where he wants to use you most. Where you live, placing in your presence the family that he has entrusted to you. By the way, Family VBS is coming up this week. It's actually getting kicked off this morning for our kids. It's going to be an amazing week, and if you haven't registered parents, you need to register. Space is filling up. We have, as of this morning, we have about 175 people who are already committed to come. And let me tell you, word spread a lot this weekend in the community events and the presence that we had there. And I wouldn't be surprised if we top that 200 mark by the time walk-up registration happens tomorrow. You don't want to miss out because if anything else, your family is where God has planted you first. God has placed you exactly where he wants to use you most, where you live, where you worship. If you're, if you're wondering what your purpose and what your, your, your identity looks like as a partner of Shannon Oaks Church, and you don't have any clarity on that, come to our Connect Dinner 
that's coming up at the end of this month. Come to one of our Partner 101 classes and get a jump start on your journey to find out what your identity and purpose may look like right here where you worship. And then where you work and play. Let me tell you, Life Groups is a great place for you to get real and share life with one another. I know nobody lives in the perfect world and nobody here has the perfect job. Nobody here has the perfect pastime. There's always something that rubs us. There's always something that lets us down. And we need, and God has provided, a group of people who can be encouraging and affirming, not of what the world says, but what God says about us on our journey along the way. You need to be connected to a small group of people who can speak life abundant into your journey wherever God sends you. When it gets personal, when living scent becomes a real deal for you, it changes stuff. It changes the way that you engage your situation and your circumstances. You begin to look at life's circumstances and situations, and you begin to ask the question, okay, Lord, what next? What's next? What is it that you've created me for next? Instead of, okay, Lord, if you've sent me. No, 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 no. That mentality is from the, from the devil, and that mentality has to leave in Jesus' name. Because God has created us, he has called us, he has gifted us, and he has sent each one of us where he wants to use us most. And so when we leave and we live Let's ask the question, what next? I received two phone calls this week, both from people within our church. And one of them said, you know what, Pastor? He said, I've been, I've been really contemplating some stuff, and I, I just moved, and I, my family's gotten settled, and uh, I've realized that God has given me more space than what my family needs on an ongoing, consistent basis. And so I just want to plant a seed with you, Pastor. He said, in, in your conversations with others, if you ever come across someone who has fallen on rough times, who needs a temporary place to stay and to be encouraged and to be lifted up and to be nurtured, I know that God has blessed me so that I can be a blessing to others. That's what living sent looks like, church. That's someone who says, what next, Lord? What next? And then the other conversation was just this morning of a gentleman who, who was excited to tell me, not in a way to pat himself on the back, but in a way to applaud what the Lord has done. Someone who is looking at opportunities at the gas pumps. Anybody ever stop at a gas pump? I mean, I do at least once a week, right? looking at the gas pump for opportunities and conversations to strike up and get started. And let me tell you something. I was amazed. You're going to be amazed at the fruit that God is bringing through people who acknowledge that they've been called, that they've been gifted, and that God has sent them. Where are my Sulphur Springs work campers at this morning? Yeah. Jonathan, he's still excited. He's still living off those paint fumes. Marcus, come on up, bro. 
Sulphur Springs Word Camp. Been going 13 years strong now, right here in Hopkins County. Yep, let's give the Lord a hand for a vision to bless people. And over those 13 years, 225, right? 225 houses have received not just a fresh coat of paint. That's the easy thing to do. A fresh coat of paint by, by students and volunteers and churches who have surrounded these families in need and who have said, you know what? God has blessed us with more than we need. We're going to be a blessing to someone else. 225 houses, 21 of them, which happened this past week over the course of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Let's give the Lord a hand and applause one more time for what he's done through Sulphur Springs Work Camp. You know, Sulphur Springs Work Camp is a powerful thing. It's a tremendous opportunity to be a blessing right here in Hopkins County. But I want you to think about this just for a moment. If Sulphur Springs Work Camp was made up of a bunch of people who just got excited to sign up and then show up, what would happen if that's all they did was sign up and show up? They, they, they acknowledged, yeah, I've been called. I, I want to be called. I can get excited about a calling. And let me ask you this. What if those people who had been called, what if they, you know, rallied the support and the encouragement from the community and they went a step further and they gathered all the supplies that they needed to get the job done? For every one of those 225 houses, what if they gathered all the paint and all the rollers and all the ladders that they needed? Right, Dustin? And, and they got them out there and they, they got all they needed. And they said, you know what, we're ready. But that's all they did. They acknowledge they've been called. They acknowledge they've been gifted. What a tragedy it would be if that group of people never said, that's right, Lord, I am sent. You have sent me. Now, go and, and work through me to accomplish the task that you have put before me. Go and use my willingness and your glory in combination with what you've entrusted to me, the things that you have given to me to be a blessing along the way. What if that, that group of people said, I'm ready to live sent? That's how Sulphur Springs Work Camp has made such a tremendous impact on the lives and the families in Sulphur Springs, Texas. You want to know what? Until what's on the inside of the can gets on the outside, nothing really changes. Are you ready? Are you ready? God has called you. He has gifted you. He has given you everything you need to accomplish what is before you, what is going on in the lives around you. Are you ready to answer by saying, send me? You and I live in a world that is surrounded by opportunities. A few weeks ago, we gathered together to celebrate how the Lord set us free from our financial debt, but not just set us free from financial debt, but how he is delivering us into a place of freedom 
freedom to be a greater blessing than we have ever been before. Not for our glory, but for his. And we said through the Lord's prophetic vision that a time is coming in the not too distant future. When this place, this family is going to be bursting at the seams. That growth is coming. It is swelling our direction, not on account of what we've done, but account on account of what God is doing. The question for you and for me today in preparation for that time is, are we ready to receive what the Lord is sending our way? And if so, it demands that you and I live the abundant life in Christ wherever God sends us. So this morning as we kind of kick off this series called Living Sin, I want to ask you to ask the Lord this morning to remind you with a fresh vision and clarity and with a fresh passion in your heart and a fresh conviction to walk by faith. Lord, where have you sent me? Right now, just go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes and ask God, where have you sent me? And as he begins to bring places and people to mind, ask him, Lord, remind me what you've gifted me with for this journey. What is it, God, that you've given to me for what's ahead? And as he begins to answer those questions, I pray that you ask him for a greater measure of faith to step out not depending on your skill or ability but depending on his to be faithful responsible and loving like only he can just a few moments, our ministry team is going to be here at the front in the back of the room. If, if there is something that the Lord has surfaced on your heart this morning that you need to just respond to him in a time of repentance and faith, this is that time. Don't pass this time up thinking that there will be a tomorrow or there'll be another time to, to, to wrestle through this. He has spoken to you so that he, you can receive his invitation into his presence right here, right now, for his purposes. And I'm going to pray for you. And after I say amen, I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Our worship team is going to leave us, lead us in a time of response and worship. And if the Lord has spoken to you and dealing with you in any way, I encourage you to come. Father, you are so good. And Father, it's your goodness that leads us to the place and the posture of repentance. 
God, we don't have to sit here today knowing that we as a church have become high-centered on this journey, that we have become self-centered on this journey, that, Father, we have made it about us and, and our opportunity to live your life abundantly for ourselves, that we have missed the opportunity to be your agents of change in the world. Father, this morning, I pray that you would do a mighty work in our hearts, that you would change our spirits so that we would be those people who walk out of here confidently taking what's inside of us and applying it to the world where you plant us and watch you bring transformation to the world around us. And God, it's not for our good alone, but for your glory. Let it be, Jesus. May we be a people who live sent for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You stand to your feet and respond as the Lord leads you.